welcome to the Melbourne Webfest podcast, where we dive into our archives to find you the best talks, panels and speeches that we've hosted over the years. We've featured local and international screen professionals who have given their tips, tricks and general media life lessons on how to navigate our online world. Honestly, it's been pretty selfish of us to hoard these bad boys. In this episode, we're looking back to opening night 2018 with our keynote speaker, Julie Kelsef. Julie is an award-winning writer, director and producer. She's best known for her international online hit drama series, Starting From Now, which created a new web series model and is now used as a case study worldwide. Julie is also the founder and director of the Sydney-based production company, Common Language Films. She has helped raise public awareness of the lack of diversity on screen and has paved the way by embedding diverse characters in stories with broad appeal. She's also the writer and director of First Day, a standalone TV series about a 12-year-old transgender girl starting high school. It is the first TV series in Australia to star a transgender actor in a lead role. If you want to catch up on this groundbreaking series, it is currently streaming on ABC iView. And now, without further ado, let's jump on into it. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Warrantitian people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging, and, and the elders from other communities who may be here today. Welcome, everyone. I've already mentioned that I might have been um, thank you for coming tonight and supporting Melbourne Workfest. Um, as Steiner mentioned, we've been involved with the festival for at least the past three years, we're starting from now, and Steiner and Melbourne Workfest team have always shown us and the Australian Web Series community a great deal of support. So it's both an honour and a privilege to stand up here tonight and give the keynote address for this year's festival. So given that this is a web fest and the next three days for a celebration of online series, I thought I'd focus on what I found to be the positives of making the web series and the opportunities that online opens up to us as creatives. I'll try not to keep you too long. I have an aversion to long speeches that goes back to my high school days and annual boys' nights. <laughs> I went to an all-girl Catholic school and the school principal, Sister Anne Marie, loved to give a speech. There were some pretty feisty old nuns at that school, Sister Theophane, Sister Theophilus, Sister Annunciata, but Sister Anne Marie was the principal. Since you can't rise to the top job even at an all-girls Catholic school without an Anglo-sounding name. <laughs> Each year we take bets on how long Sister Emery would talk for in her opening speech for awards night. Her longest while I was there was 54 minutes. <laughs> 54 minutes, and this was just the opening speech. <laughs> she went on for so long that people started leaving before the night had even begun. And I doubt even God was listening by the <laughs> So I won't do a sister Emery, but I, what I will do is give you my top four reasons why web series are awesome. Number one, you can tell the stories that you want to tell, i.e. bypass the gatekeepers. I didn't come out until I was 26. As you know, I went to a normal girl Catholic school, which by the way isn't the hotbed of lesbian activity sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it didn't help that I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney, very close-minded, racist and homophobic, and that was just me. <laughs> so I didn't come out until I was 26. <laughs> it took two degrees, multiple trips overseas, a string of failed relationships and a bucket load of self-loathing to realise who I was. To their credit, they didn't turn their backs on me or shut me out of their lives, which happens to a lot of people. 
My sister said she knew, no surprise in hindsight, but I didn't always look like this, the stereotypical lesbian who stands here before you today. <laughs> but apparently I dressed like it. My sister said she first suspected when we were teenagers. She went into my room to borrow some clothes and there was nothing that she wanted to wear. <laughs> this for her was the moment of revelation she was only too happy to share with me at 26, but not 10 years earlier. Not only did she manage to make my coming out about her, she also came out of my closet before I did. <laughs> I didn't know any lesbians growing up. I mean, I'm sure I did, but I didn't know it at the time. The only lesbian I even knew of was Tim with Rachel Martina never ever <laughs> The only comments I ever heard about gays and lesbians were abusive and derogatory. If there had been just one positive portrayal of a lesbian on screen, I have no doubt it would have had a profound effect on how I saw myself would have helped me work out who I was a lot earlier and would have saved me years of confusion and internalised homophobia. I don't know if it would have come out earlier, but at the very least, it would have made me feel less alone. Starting from now was the story I wanted to tell. A story about four female protagonists who were all a bit messed up, but not because they're lesbians. For them, being a lesbian isn't, wasn't a death sentence or a source of angst, it was just part of who they were. I had no hope of getting started for an hour as a TV series. I probably could have scraped the money together, changed the story, and made it as a low-budget feature, but nowhere near as many people would have seen it. This was the story I wanted to tell, and I wanted it to be accessible and freely available because that's what I needed when I was growing up. Number two, you can tell the stories you want to tell relatively cheaply. With a web series, you have the potential to reach a large audience with a show made for a relatively small budget. The budget for starting from now season one was $6,000, Season two was $4,000. Season two was less because we had some non-alcoholic red wine left over from the first season. <laughs> which was a considerable part of our budget. <laughs> if you've seen the show, you might have noticed the characters drink a lot. I didn't actually realise how much until I sat down to write an episode of children's television last year. <laughs> I found myself staring at a blank page thinking, if they can't drink, take drugs, or have sex. <laughs> What are they supposed to do for us? <laughs> People watch web series because they're looking for something they won't find in mainstream media because they're tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. They're looking for authentic voices, diverse stories, and stories told with honesty, integrity, and heart. You don't need a big budget to do this, but I'd be lying if I said it didn't help. As you know, my producing partner starting from now, Rosie Lord, is here today. Um, after making three seasons where no one had been paid and we had to beg, borrow and beg some more to get every season off the ground and on the net, Rosie and I decided we'd only continue if we were able to secure funding. And we did, eventually. It was a long process, but we succeeded in attaching corporate and community partnerships and funding from Screen Australia and Screen New South Wales. It was one of the first series starring and created by women to be funded through Screen Australia's multi-platform fund and one of the first dramas. Even then, our budget was low compared to more traditional mediums, but it was substantially more than we'd been used to. With the money, though, not surprisingly, came accountability. We were still able to tell the story we wanted to tell, but it ended up being a way we hadn't originally planned to tell it. And this is a trade-off in any form of the arts, money versus freedom. This conflict is becoming more and more relevant in the online space. As an increasing number of cashed-up players and platforms emerge, there are more options for online creators. There are more opportunities to create sustainable business and God forbid for us to be paid for what we do. But inevitably, there's also a loss of freedom. And as online content starts to look more and more like traditional film and television, 
The question is no longer can you make a living from creating online content? The question is can you make a living from online content and still tell the stories you want to tell? The number three reason why web series are awesome. You get to be part of a community of creators. The first web series festival I attended was this one, Melbourne Web Fest in 2015. And the thing I remember most about it was how friendly, open and generous everyone was. As independent filmmakers, it often feels like we're working in isolation and that every day we're up against it. Struggling to meet deadlines, to get our content off the ground, to secure funding and to pay for rent. This weekend is an opportunity to spend time with people who understand what it's like. It's a chance to share tips, experiences, insights, bottles of wine and jokes of beer. <laughs> Every time you go to a web series festival, and people have already alluded to this, no matter where it is in the world, there's always a strong, supportive and welcoming Australian contingent, which is indicative not only of the camaraderie amongst creators, but the breadth, depth and quality of the online content we create. Every time a festival announces their official selections, you can bet there's going to be a large number of series from Australia. We consistently rank highly in the Web Series World Cup, which is what Stone mentioned, and you just have to look at the quality of the series screening over the next couple of days to know we're doing something right. This is no doubt a result of Screen Australia and the state funding bodies supporting online content creators, but it's also a result of people who've done the groundwork. People like Enzo Tedeschi, who has a hand in, I think, three of the series in competition this year. Woo! working and innovating in this space, forging new pathways for creators and sharing his knowledge and experience for a very long time. Unlike some other sectors of the screen industry, there's a lack of hierarchy and pretension among web series creators. I think it has a lot to do with the relative newness of the space and the fact that it's constantly changing. As this sector continues to grow and as online content becomes more commercialised, let's not forget to keep sharing information, supporting each other and keeping the space as accessible as possible. This is our chance to do things differently from the rest of the industry. And last but certainly not least, number four, you have an opportunity to connect with and build an audience. I could do a sister Anne-Marie here and talk for 54 minutes about the importance of not only knowing who your audience is, but engaging with them and building a community around your series, but I'll spare you the lecture. I will say though, that one of the best and most rewarding aspects of creating online content is the direct access you have to your audience, and the immediacy of this relationship. This was something we learned very early on with starting from now. I was worried about how the series would be received and how brutal the feedback might be. It's very public, it's often anonymous, and you're putting you and your series out there like a lamb to the slaughter. But what I thought would be a negative actually turned out to be a positive. How often, as a filmmaker, do you know exactly what your audience is thinking? And as scary as this might be, this information is invaluable. You know what your audience is responding to and what they're engaged in. You want them to care so deeply about these characters and what they're going through that they have an emotional response, no matter what that response might be. One of my favourite comments, still to this day, is from the final episode of season one and simply states, Dear Steph, you're a slut. <laughs> it didn't take us long to work out which of our, of our audience had been cheated on. <laughs> the fact that we made five seasons of starting from now meant we were able to build an audience and a community over time. This was largely due to our incredible cast, who not only brought life, dimension and nuance to the characters, they gave a great deal of themselves in engaging with the audience. We didn't have a marketing or a publicity budget, we had a core group of actors who generously responded to comments with compassion and sensitivity. 
But I think we realised how much the show would mean to people who, like me, needed some form of representation in order for them to feel less alone. Here's one of the messages we received before, but I'm not going to get through this. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting nearly my whole life for this show. I grew up in a tiny town and knew I was different from a tiny age, but had nothing to compare to and no one to talk to, because who could or would understand my feelings? I craved characters that I could relate to and who wouldn't die as soon as they fell in love and were happy. And I looked for them in books and on TV and in film. I didn't find them very often, but when I did, I was in heaven. Three and a half years ago, my world shattered, and I didn't think I'd ever be able to stitch myself back together, or if I even wanted to. I was swallowed whole by grief, and nothing made sense anymore. I didn't think it was possible to pick up the pieces of my broken heart and stitch them back together. It was at this point that I stumbled across starting from now on YouTube. I devoured the first two seasons right then and there, and then rewatched them again and again. Finally, there were characters I could relate to and who I felt I knew. All the feelings that grief took came back in full force as I watched all of you work your magic on screen, and then I connected with the other fans on social media, and that has made all the difference to me. To find friends who are accepting and kind, and who have the same crazy love for the show as I do. It's also been a highlight to connect with all of you on social media. Every like and retweet and replies to tweets and Instagram just make my fangirl heart blow up. Thank you for interacting, thank you for saving me, thank you for helping me find my way back for providing solace and comfort when not much else could, for bringing me back to life and igniting my imagination and desire to create. I can't wait to see what's next. I'm forever along for the ride. Making starting from now and everything that's come with it has changed me. I'm a different person now than when we had our first cast read through in my backyard in August 2013. The person who I was then wouldn't be able to stand up in front of you tonight. Making the web series has allowed me to tell the stories I want to tell and to do so relatively cheaply. It's opened doors for me in the industry, enabled me to be part of a community of creators, and it's allowed me to connect with and build an audience. But above all, it's helped me learn more about who I am, and it's given me the opportunity to find my voice. The great American author and poet, Maya Angelou, wrote, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside. The online space is in flux. Web series have changed considerably from when we began shooting starting from now. The more it changes, the more opportunities arise, and with them, new challenges. Whatever happens in this space, let's not forget that we have a powerful tool in our hands. Let's continue to tell the stories we want to tell and the stories we want to see, to take risks, build communities, start conversations, and change lives. Thank you. Big thanks to you guys for joining us for today's episode. We hope you've learned a little something and maybe taken away a little something. I've been Lisa and this has been the Melbourne Webfest podcast.